Hello, everybody, and welcome to All About Smartphones, brought to you by Airs LA, the audio internet reading service of Los Angeles. My name is Dr. Bill Takeshna. And I'm Julian Vargas. And today, we're going to talk to you about what's new in smartphones for 2016. As the new year begins, there's always these new developments in technology. And I've heard from friends who did attend CES, and they were telling me at that CES show in Las Vegas all the new things that were coming up. So I imagine this year, Julian, there's probably a lot to expect in <laughs> smartphones, huh? <laughs> well, yes and no, and I'll tell you why. Um, there's certainly going to be quite a lot of, of phones. In fact, probably more than we've ever seen before, because I think we're, we've been seeing a steady uptake in the amount of uh, lower-cost phones coming out of China. There's a lot of new companies wanting to get their uh, feet wet in this market and they're putting out a lot of stuff and we see this especially uh, on the android side of things because it's obviously a more open uh, ecosystem so it's easier to make phones that uh, run that obviously uh, as opposed to apple which makes their own phone their own operating system so you don't see a whole lot of uh, variety there so on the android side we are absolutely going to see I think quite a, a few new players uh, that they've been around for a while, perhaps, but they're just not familiar to us uh, here in the U.S. market. You're going to see more and more of their products come to play. Um, more choices for the consumer, especially if the consumer doesn't have to have the, the brand name uh, flagships. Now, the first question I have about that is that in the President's State of the Union address, he did talk about that there will be some discussion of placing sanctions on some of these products that are produced in China and sold here. And how much would that be raising the price of these particular phones, and would it be worthwhile to buy one of these more affordable phones when it's only slightly more affordable? Well, uh, I'm not an economics person, so... Perhaps I'm not the right person to totally answer that question, but I'll, I'll give you my perspective. I don't think that it's going to be that big of a deal. I think you're still going to see a good amount of price difference between the flagships. You know, the going rate, for example, on flagship entry level phones is you know in the six fifty to seven hundred dollar range. You know, the iPhone. Uh, 16 gig phones right around there, 650 bucks. Same thing with uh, with Samsung's uh, flagships. Every time they come out with a new S6, or presumably this year will be S7. You know, every time they come out with the basic version of that, it starts at about that price point. And we're seeing uh, the companies, uh, the phone carriers, do away with contracts. You know, T-Mobile started it. Other people follow the lead, uh, AT&T, and now even I think Verizon recently announced that they're not going to be uh, going f uh, doing two-year contracts moving forward. They're focusing more on plans that allow the user to finance the phone or sign up for a uh, an upgrade type of plan where they pay X amount uh, per month toward the... It's almost like they're renting the phone. So that seems to be the, uh, the business model of the future. So... Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how that affects prices. Uh, some people don't want to get involved in contracts. Uh, I'm one of those people. I hate contracts. I like the freedom to mm -hmm. do what I want to do, go where I want to go. So 
I've, I've resigned myself to that. I, I know I'm going to pay full price for the device, but it's mine and I have the freedom to use it where I want. And if I'm not happy with my carrier service, I can take my business elsewhere. So mm-hmm. that's just the way I do things. So for me, uh, I, I, I'm used to that. But for some people, this is kind of be like a little sticker shock. A lot of people don't realize that a new iPhone really costs $650. They think it costs $199. Yes, that's right. So this is where these lower cost phones come in, is that with these phones, you have the opportunity for about the same price, if not maybe a little bit more or less, give or take, of being able to buy a phone uh, free and clear for the same reasons that I buy them. And maybe somebody doesn't care about that that it's a Samsung or HTC or Huawei or uh, whatever brand it is. So with these different types of phones that are coming in from China, do you have any type of experience with them at all as far as the quality or how clear does it sound when you are using them to make a phone call? I haven't used them, but I read a lot on the uh, the mailing list that I keep up with. And in some cases, I, I I see that people really like some of these phones. But there are some caveats, and especially to us, uh, low vision and blind community, we do need to pay a little bit more attention to what we're getting. Because in some cases, the um, the phone that you're getting isn't going to have all of the, the uh, components that, say, a Samsung or, or an Exus or an HCC phone would have. Uh, you may see there's a... There's a version of Android, it's called AOSP, which stands for Android Open Source Project. And some of these cheaper Chinese uh, phones and tablets, sometimes that's all they come with, which means that they don't oh, they don't come preloaded with Google services. If you want those, you got to put those on there yourself. Well, one of Google's services, of course, is the uh, the accessibility components, yeah, the, yes. the talkback and, and the magnification features. So uh, a lot of us now uh, who use Android, we've kind of grown accustomed to when we get a new uh, Samsung phone or, or a Nexus phone or something like that, we take it out of the box, we power it up, we, we uh, uh, put two fingers on the screen for a few seconds and a voice comes up and says, keep holding those fingers to enable accessibility. Well, you can buy one of these uh, unknown brand phones, it may not behave that way. Uh, it may not have the accessibility installed, which means that you'll have to get sighted assistance to help put that on there. And of course, once it's on there, you can use your phone. When it is a phone such as that, that doesn't have the uh, features from Google on there. And if we do get a friend to help us to load that accessibility feature to magnify the text or to have speech, do we have to pay extra for that packet? No, that's all free. Uh, All that stuff can be downloaded uh, uh, to the phone. Uh, Normally, it's done via the Google Play Store. If the phone that you get does not come with the Google Play Store installed, then you need to do what's known as sideloading it, which means that you get the install file, and uh, you need to copy it to the phone's memory and then install it from that. So uh, in the case like that, you're definitely going to need a sighted assistance, or if you've got some vision, you're going to be uh, giving your uh, your CCTV a little bit of work there <laughs> to, to get that done. So... You know, it's like like what always comes down to when we talk about Android. Uh, Android is one of those things that it's uh, it's open, and this is what uh, why it appeals to, to a lot of people. But uh, with that openness, sometimes comes complexity, 
And sometimes it means that it's not going to be shiny and smooth and polished when you take it out of the box. But if you're willing to put in the time and uh, get uh, procure the assistance necessary, uh, you could end up with a with a pretty good device for about half or even less, sometimes less than half the price of uh, of a going uh, of the going rate for a flagship. So it's one of those things you got to look for. But I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of these devices out in the marketplace, which, you know, it's always, a, it's a good thing. Choice is always great, but just be prepared to do a little bit of research. Okay. Now I know as we're still talking about the Android phones on the top of the line, we have uh, some of the Samsungs that may be $750, but another really high quality phone with Android are the Nexus phones. Um, what is the anticipated price of the new Nexus phones that will be released in 2016? And how close is that price to some of these, quote, affordable phones from China? Um, it's probably going to be, in some cases, a little bit more than those phones. Because, again, that's, uh, even Nexus is, is a brand, if you want to think of it that way. Uh-huh. And usually those phones are made by one of the higher-end manufacturers. Uh, uh the, the first Nexus phone was made by HTC, then for a while they were made by Samsung, then uh, uh, LG uh, made the Nexus 4 and the 5. Oh. Uh, the Nexus 6 was made by Motorola, which at the time was owned by Google, but now uh, is owned by Lenovo, and uh, pretty much uh, that brand is going away. Lenovo is going to start putting their name on, on those devices now. Um, so we won't see... Motorola mobile phones? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> Which is too bad because there were some good ones like that Moto G was a really good budget yes. uh, mid-spec uh, phone that was very, quite affordable and, and, and you got your money's worth on that. So mm. uh, we'll have to see what uh, Lenovo does going forward with that. But um, getting back to, to the Nexus phones, uh, the recent ones, the Nexus, uh, these came out in, uh, I think it was October of uh, 2015 the nexus uh they have the 5x and the 6p so there's two different sizes which uh is good because last year the year before that they had the nexus 6 and that was it and it was a larger phone it was like a 5.9 or 5.7 inch phone and people who were used to the old nexus phones were used to closer to a 5 or 5.1 inch type screen some people didn't like the the large size phone so this year, this year uh, so far, the, the ones that came out uh, give you choice. So the Nexus 5X, that one is made by um, by LG, and uh, it's a 5.2 inch screen. It has, and I'm happy to announce this now because I think this is a must-have feature. Now they both have fingerprint readers, mm. mm-hmm. and I think now, uh, having gotten quite used to that with the iPhones. Uh, for me, that's a must-have feature uh, for security and for convenience. I love the, the ability to just uh, open my phone using my fingerprint. That's really cool. So it's really nice to see that now on the Nexus line of phones. Uh, so they both have it, the 5X and the 6P. The 6P is a bigger phone. It, it's it's probably uh, closer in size to the Nexus 6 of the previous year. But it has better camera. also has optical image stabilization, which... Uh, some people really care about, and especially in low-light environments, if you're going to be taking pictures in low-light environments, uh, optical image stabilization is a good thing. So um, in terms of price, uh, I think that, generally speaking, Nexus phones tend to be 
two to three hundred dollars or so less than the going rate for flagships. Okay. And I, I have no reason to believe that that's going to change uh, later this year when uh, Google announces those. What's probably going to be announced sooner than that will be phones from companies like Samsung, of course, and maybe even HTC. Uh, the Mobile World Conference, I think, usually happens sometime in March or April. That's in Barcelona, Spain. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the big Android phone announcements where uh, Samsung will uh, debut its next uh, uh, flagship phones. So that's the thing to look for. Uh, mm. It's going to be interesting to see how they, what they do this year to try to get you to buy a new phone because the truth of the matter is as far as uh, the components in the phone, the speed of the processor, things like that, they keep making them fr- faster and faster. But the truth is, uh, we're overbuying at this point. Uh, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of apps that are taking full advantage of all the speed and everything that's offered in this hardware. So it's going to be interesting to see what little uh, gimmicks they throw in there to make it worth the while, because there's only so much you can do with upgrading the processor even the camera you know there's only so much you can do so the uh the question is going to be what what are they going to come up with this year to get people to uh to feel compelled to buy this year's flagships now you mentioned uh, a couple things i want to go back to one of them was you just love the fingerprint sensor that's on these phones so that you can unlock your phone just with the fingerprint but our engineer here today dick he was basically telling us about a friend who couldn't really unlock their phone because he had a Band-Aid on and those problems. But you really made a good point about actually using multiple fingers yes. as your sensor. Yeah. I know on the iPhone, you can store up to five fingerprints. So I think it uh, it would behoove anybody who uses this feature to use multiple fingers and not all on one hand. Even even if you're right-handed and you're mostly going to be using that hand, uh, do a few fingers on the left hand as well because you just never know when something like that's going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, yes, that, yeah. That you find yourself locked out of your phone. Although, in all fairness, too, you can also type in a pin. You have to set a pin on your device along with the fingerprint. So you're not truly locked out unless, of course, you forget your pin, then you're screwed. Is there any... any um capability of inputting your private password with your voice let's say that you had a hard time typing on these keyboards could i speak in my password say that it's ju2345 i haven't heard of that you know voice recognition i guess would be an interesting direction to go as far as security they um on some of the Android phones, for example, they have it where you could draw a pattern on a screen or you can even do face recognition to unlock your phone. Oh, man. So, you know, I, I can't imagine that voice recognition would be too far behind. And that's on some of the different uh, Android phones? Yeah. That, wow. But to the best of my knowledge, I don't think I haven't heard of any voice recognition authentication schemes. Well, another thing I want to ask you about, Julian, is the fact that everybody that I know they don't take their video cameras. They don't take their pocket cameras. Everybody is taking pictures with their cell phones. So with the different phones that are available for 2016, what do we know about these cameras? Are the cameras that are coming out of these affordable Chinese phones, do they compare 
with some of the flagship phones. See, that might be an area where you start to, where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, and the phones differentiate themselves. Because oh. my guess would be that on some of these lower cost Chinese phones, the reason why they're selling them so cheap, aside from the fact that they don't have a logo from a bigger company on them, is that they are going to skimp out on a little bit on the parts. They're going to cut corners to try to keep the phone cheap, and that way they can make a profit as well as sell it to you cheap. So if uh, if photography is important to you, then that you want to pay attention to the camera specs. I think that perhaps is one thing you're going to see this year. Uh, remember I mentioned the, about how our phones going to, what are they going to do to get you to buy phones? Perhaps I, I think you're going to see phones that are more camera centric where, where a little more emphasis is put on the camera part of the phone as opposed to other areas of the phone. So that if you really are into picture taking or video taking and you want something a little bit better than you get on your run of the mill smartphone, even your flagship, that maybe you'll look to that. Uh, perhaps companies like Sony, for example, might, uh, differentiate themselves that way so the image stabilizer that you talked about on the nexus 6p that is something that a person interested in photography really should consider strongly absolutely yeah uh, optical image uh, stabilization or as it's known in the industry ois uh, that's something you want to look for if you're really heavy on taking pictures especially in low light environments now, have you seen any major changes to the internal computer components? So for people such as me who use the phone and scan a picture and have it read to me, are there some major differences with certain phones have more powerful and faster processors? Well, you know, in general, if you're going to be using your phone for OCR or object recognition, you want it to have a good camera. And you want a good processor because, yeah, it, that, that, that takes a little bit of horsepower to convert those images into words or uh, into uh, something that tells you what it is. So you definitely want to look at that. I'm not sure that optical image stabilization plays a significant enough role uh, in OCR and things like that. It can't hurt to have it, but I, I, I remember when the... Uh, when the iPhone 6 first came out, and that was one of the differences between the 6 and the 6 Plus, is that the 6 Plus had optical image stabilization, and the 6 did not. And people wondered about that. And, you know, I've, I've followed the discussion threads over the years on that, and I have not read anything that led me to believe that optical image stabilization made a significant difference oh. in the performance. Okay. Now, one of the things that I, I saw... I saw at a birthday party this week, and the little boy who just turned four years old, he is a computer whiz. Just amazing. Anyways, he was on his iPhone. No, excuse me, his iPad. His iPad. And he found a program that he wanted to watch and show everybody on television. And I don't know what he did on that iPad, but he did a couple of taps or swipes and the next thing, it was on the family's big screen television. And I asked him, how did you do that? Or what is it? And he says, I don't know. And I asked his dad. His dad says, I don't know. Never even knew we had that. What is that feature called that you might be able to use your iPhone or your Android phone and do a couple taps and swipes? And the next thing, you could share what you see on your phone with everybody on the big screen TV. 
Well, that's what you would call either screen mirroring or screen casting. Oh. Uh, on Apple devices, it's called AirPlay. Oh. That allows you to, to connect to things. Like, for example, if you have an Apple TV box connected to your TV, I can send stuff, whatever's on my iPhone screen, I could make it show up on the living room screen. Uh, Google sells a device called the Chromecast. It's a, like a $35 device. You plug it into your TV HDMI port, and now you can send content. You could either cast the contents of your screen, or if you're using something like Netflix which is or YouTube, which is Chromecast compatible, you can actually start the playback on your device. Let's say you're watching a, a video on YouTube. You could start the playback on your device, and then tell it to uh, send it over to the Chromecast on the TV. And now the Chromecast device takes over the streaming of that <laughs> content, which now means you, you, can, you can even turn off your phone and, it's the, and things to keep playing on your TV. That's amazing. And so that particular box is called Chromecast? Yeah. And it's only $35, and I yes. connect that to my television? That's all it takes? Yep. Oh, my goodness. That is fantastic. It's pretty neat. You know, because I'm also wondering if a person has low vision or is blind and they're reading a, a large print book that's on their cell phone, they would be able to actually display it on their television. Yeah, and I've heard of some people doing that, sort of like the uh, poor man's CCTV, if you will, where they, uh, they'll use the camera of the phone to point to something and then cast that image onto the screen. Oh, that is fantastic. So it's pretty cool. And you could, actually, you could take it even further. You can buy one of these little magnifier apps that maybe cost $1.99 or whatever, <laughs> and now you can control the contrast as well. So if, you, is that right? if you're like me and you, you need to have the background be dark and the writing be light, uh, you now have your own little CCTV <laughs> that you can take with you anywhere. Oh, that is great. That is great. It's pretty neat stuff. So... Um, you know that that's the stuff coming up with with uh, with Android and the Mobile World Conference. Apple, uh, there's a lot of rumors coming out about Apple this year. <laughs> I mean, one thing we know for sure, they'll probably there's going to be a new iPhone this year. Probably going to be announced uh, as always uh, in September, and that's usually uh -huh. when it comes out. Um, but they uh, there's a rumor that there there's some rumors out there. One of them is that they're going to have an announcement coming up in March of this year. And of course it was like, well, what are they going to announce? Well, one of the things that they're speculating is that there's going to be a new Apple watch. Oh, which would make sense because that's right about the time that it was announced last year, the Apple watch. So, uh, they're going to announce, they supposedly announced this new Apple watch. And I guess the things I would look for in a new Apple watch would be a faster processor because, uh, uh that's one of the things that, really could use some improvement, you know. And, and you know, I knew this going in. I was buying the first version of it, so you expect that the first version is going to have its quirks and things. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think they've had a year to get a lot of feedback from people. So a faster processor, undoubtedly. Uh, some people speculate that the watch will have a little cellular radio in it. Oh. Which would uh, sort of... Uh, independentize it, if you will, uh, a little bit more from the phone. See, right now it, it relies on the phone for a lot of what it does. Uh, when Watch 2.0 uh, came out uh, last fall, 
they said, you know, that we're going to be able to run more apps locally on the watch. And I guess th- there are some that can do that. But still, it relies a lot on the the uh, pairing with your phone to do a, a lot of what it's able to do. So it, to, to have it have its own cellular radio, which means, you know, it could have its own Internet connection, mm-hmm. I think would be great. It would help it... Uh, for GPS even, for when you're using exercise apps, things like that. Maybe you want to go jogging, and you don't want to bring the phone and the watch. Yes. Maybe you want to wear the watch. So that'll be kind of nice. Um, what else would we look for in an Apple Watch? Um, how about the uh, pedometer to count how many steps? I know so many people who do use that. Do they have plans of allowing you to do that without carrying your phone with you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. It, it may it may already be able to do things like that, I'm, although I'm not 100% certain. Oh. But, yeah, this is this is the kind of thing that would make all of that possible because, see, if the watch is a cellular radio, even if it still needs your phone for certain things, you can leave your phone at home connected to Wi-Fi, and you're out and about with your watch connected to the cellular network so the phone and the watch can still talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a, isn't that amazing? It's so, absolutely amazing. Yeah. So that and, and I would hope to see an improvement in battery life because that's one thing it needs, especially if it's going to run more apps, if it's going to have a faster processor, if we're going to be able to do more things, it's going to be able, it's got to be able to have more battery. Well, with the iPhone Seven that we anticipate is coming out this year, is there any other discussion of something that's new, whether it's in the camera or the processor or any other? High-tech feature. There's some rumors about that, too, the iPhone 7. (laughs) Uh, What we know for sure is that every two years, Apple does a redesign. So uh, uh, you had the 6, you had the 6S, and now presumably you would have the 7. And the 7 would be a different, uh, there would be something about it in design and specification that differentiates it from the 6. So I think the faster processor... Uh, RAM, things like that, better camera, all of those things are more or less a given. Uh, that You always see that every year with an update, regardless of whether it's a redesign or just the 6 cycle, up, the, the S cycle update. Um, you, you see those things. So, um, Thinner and lighter is, I think, what they shoot for. And to that end, I've heard, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard these rumors as well, that there's talk of them getting rid of the three and a half millimeter uh, earphone jack and instead have everything go out of the lightning port, which would mean that if you want to use a standard mm. pair of, of headphones or earphones, you have to get an adapter because I'm sure they're not going to give it to you. They're going to make you buy that for 30 bucks because that's Apple. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have to carry this little adapter, which means, yeah, you, you have to buy it. Plus, that's another little thing you got to keep track of. I really hope that this is not true. Because I, I think do, too. A lot of people depend on that, and not just for convenience, but a lot of people with hearing impairments uh, depend on that earphone jack. So that that's that's one rumor. Or that they might make it to a two and a half millimeter. You know the old, um, what the old uh, telephone headsets used to use on the hard wire phones. Yes. But I don't know. I I think if they're going to do it, they're going to they'll do it all the way and just do away with the jack altogether, because that will allow them to shave like a millimeter off the thickness of the phone. Wow. Wow. Um, 
possibly the construction of it might be a little uh, different. So th- that's going to be interesting to see what uh, what happens. Oh, another one possibility that, and this seems to come up every so often when the redesign is uh, in view. Uh, some people speculate that they might do away with the home button, the physical home button, because again, that would allow them to shave some thickness, not only uh, some thickness from the phone, but also uh, allow them to uh, shrink the bezel around the screen. The bezel is the area around the screen that uh, doesn't actually show anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, and, and you tap that part of the screen, nothing happens because it's not capacitive or anything. So uh, they would love to be able to uh, uh, get rid of the bezel as much as possible. So that way they can give you more screen real estate without making the phone itself physically larger. So um, that's a that's a possibility. And, you know, I, I, I think it is possible given that this year we saw the introduction of 3D Touch or... Uh, before that, on the Apple Watch, it was known as Force Touch, where you could push in on the screen and it could detect the pressure of your of your finger and make things happen based on that. Yeah, depending on how hard you're pressing, yeah, right, it would have a different result. So you know, uh, and in all fairness, uh, Android phones, most Android phones actually haven't had a home button for a while. It's only a few, like the Samsung phones and some of the LG phones, that have physical home buttons, and uh, people have been able to survive without them so uh, this could be the year that we lose the home button uh, as well as maybe yeah. the uh, three and a half millimeter jack we'll just we'll have to wait and see what happens another rumor is that in march they may announce a smaller sized iphone uh, some people weren't were not happy when the iphone 6 and 6 plus came out because uh now they had to, if they want a new phone, had to go to a bigger phone, and some people didn't really want a bigger phone. Some people thought that the size of the 5S was perfect, and I actually happen to be one of those people. I like the size of that phone. I And since I don't look at the screen, I don't really care about how big mm-hmm. it is. But, you know, i got to get the new phone, so you got to take what they give you. <laughs> so there is talk that they may be doing uh, like a 6C you know, similar when they did the 5C, remember that? Uh, yeah. When the, a couple of years ago. Uh, that didn't do too well. So I, I have to wonder how true that really is. Uh, you know, how, how much validity that rumor has, or if that's just speculation on the part of some people. But uh, we may know in March. Yeah. And the idea with the 6C uh, would be that it's a smaller size phone, it's not going to have things like the 3D touch. Uh, the camera may not be as good as what's in the 6S, for example, which is a 12 megapixel. I could see on that one maybe being 8 megapixel, like what you had in the 5S. Uh, but it would have Touch ID, and hopefully it would also have NFC capability so that you could use it with Apple Pay, because that's one of the things that uh, people that I know that have the 5C say is that, gosh, you know, uh, I like the size of this phone, I like the way it works, but I wish it worked with Apple Pay. Uh, what does NFC stand for for our listeners? Near Field Communications. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you for calling me on that. <laughs> you know, and and that is only available on which iPhone now? Uh, the six, six plus, six S, six S plus. Okay. So basically, every everything starting from the iPhone six and beyond has that capability. Uh, unlike Android phones, though, Apple has that lockdown. And you can only use it for Apple Pay. 
On oh. Android phones, you can use that for lots of other things, oh. including uh, the, uh, in, uh, I think it's the Envision America, the, the people do the uh, prescription uh, label reader devices. Uh, they have an app on Android, so you don't even have to have their machine. You, If you have a, an NFC-equipped Android phone and you run that app, you can touch the 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 uh, NFC label to the back of the phone and have it tell you what that prescription is and what the instructions are with it and such. But uh, Apple, uh, much to my disappointment, I'm sure many others as well, keeps that locked down and only uses it for one thing and one thing only, which is Apple Pay. So uh, that's what the rumor says is that the, uh, the this new phone, the smaller phone that they came out with it, would have that so that that could be more and more people using Apple Pay, which is what Apple wants because they really want that to gain some traction. Well, we're going to have to keep writing letters to Apple, letting them know what we want. And how can some of our listeners get in touch with you, Julian, if they have more questions about what's new in the, our smartphones for 2016? Yeah, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, you can do so by phone, area code 818-794-9554. Or you can go to my website, and that is www.techjv.com www.techjv.com. Well, again, Julian, thank you, as always, for all of this great information. And we now know what to look forward to this coming year with all the advances in the phones. And I'm very curious to see how do these more affordable phones made in China work with a lot of these applications that people with low vision use. So I hope that you'll all join us next time we bring to you more information about how people are using their smartphones instead of using their computers. So on behalf of Airs Alley, we want to thank you and wish you a good evening.